For Lufthansa CEO Carsten Spohr, the last two years have been tougher than most airline CEOs across the world. Well, let's talk about Lufthansa now, which has become the first major airline group to announce permanent cuts to its operations driven by the COVID-19 pandemic. Is Lufthansa likely to be the only carrier, rather, to shrink permanently? German airline Lufthansa would ground over 150 of its 750 planes worldwide. German airline Lufthansa has announced further cuts to its fleet and workforce of $1.3 billion impairment that also will be taken on idle aircraft. After weeks of negotiations, Germany has reached a deal with its national carrier Lufthansa in a bid to try to save 10,000 jobs. Lufthansa and the German government have agreed to a 9 billion euro bailout as financial deals to prop up the airline industry gather pace. The German carrier posted a record loss of $8 billion in 2020 and ground many of its planes. And when COVID was over, it grappled and continues to grapple with a massive staff shortage at European airports, primarily its hubs Frankfurt and Munich. And it has its own staff issues too. Ground staff at Germany's largest airline, Lufthansa, have begun a strike which has forced the company to cancel over a thousand flights. But then earlier this month, Lufthansa made a comeback. Yeah, we're indeed proud to report today about the steepest turnaround in our history, from billions of losses in the pandemic to one of the best results in the history of the company, driven by a very strong demand, both on the passenger side coming back in 22, but also remaining strong demand in cargo. In the last one year, Spore almost literally had to rebuild his airline from the ground up. And while challenges remain, he has been pushing forth the airline's growth plans too. Last week, Lufthansa placed an order for 22 wide-bodied planes to expand its global network. The airline is employing 20,000 people by the end of this year and is investing more than it ever has in its product. This sounds familiar, right? Because back home, another carrier is also trying to rebuild itself. In India, we'll see a very rapid turnaround the next two years, following our turnaround. Global aviation is ready for renewed India. Star Alliance is waiting for renewed India. And its longtime partner Lufthansa is looking forward to a new and stronger India. And that includes additional partnership opportunities. Air India, under its new owners, the Tata Group, is taking similar initiatives. In fact, Lufthansa and Air India have deep historical ties. Lufthansa is the founding member of global airline group Star Alliance. A decade earlier, Air India's former chairman V. Tulasi Das had to convince former Lufthansa chairman Wolfgang Mayruber for more than a year to allow Air India to become a Star Alliance member. In the 90s, when Air India shrank in popularity as a formidable global carrier, who do you think filled that place? Yes, Lufthansa. It became the largest foreign carrier to operate to India and it retained that position for years before the Gulf upstarts, Emirates, Etihad and Qatar flew in with oil, money and muscle and took over the Indian skies. Can Lufthansa take them on in this market again? And can it do so with deeper commercial partnerships within Air India which is reinventing itself? To talk about all this, today we have Carsten Spohr himself in a super exclusive chat with ET's official podcast, The Morning Brief. 
Listen on as he talks about the challenges in the last two years, his plans for Asia, why he loves India so much, his plans for this market, and how he's looking forward to Air India becoming a formidable global airline once again. It's the 14th of March. I'm your host Anirban Chaudhary and you're listening to this global exclusive on The Morning Brief. Hello, Mr. Spore. A very warm welcome to The Morning Brief. It's great to have you. Good morning from my side as well. Very happy to be back in India. Mr. Spore, you know, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the last two years. And I'd like to quote you from a very recent press conference. You'd said that you wouldn't be able to promise that you would get through the pandemic without any mistakes, but that you would do it better than others. What were your key lessons? Well, it was obvious that a crisis of this magnitude was unprecedented and once something even with 30 years experience me and none of my team has ever seen before. I think it was very important that we promised ourselves and promised our staff to keep as many on board as we can. Uh, secondly, even in those dark days when we lost up to a million an hour, we never lost the belief of being a premium airline and coming out of this crisis as one of the top airlines in the world. That kept us going, kept us motivated, and also kept us investing in a limited way, or in a reduced way at least, in the right things. As a learning, we were able to secure some very competitively priced aircraft, both in the 350 series and the 787 series, from carriers who had ordered them, but weren't willing or able to take delivery. I would say we should have done more of that to even modernize our fleet faster, going beyond the 200 aircraft. We even have an order while we speak, but this is water under the bridge now. And what are the mistakes that you would never want to repeat? Oh, there were many mistakes when you deal with an unprecedented crisis, but that's what crisis management is all about. And crisis management is part of what it means to run an airline on airline group. So it's something we don't look to in a negative way. Take it as learnings, which we hope we'll never need again. And we all probably underestimated the speed of recovery. And as an industry, we're now paying for that underestimated recovery speed by having operational issues around the world. Airports, staff issues, delivery of aircraft and engine. So I think in a way, the industry is paying for a little bit too much pessimism, which looking back to it now, was not on the realistic level. So as Lufthansa stands now, you know, there are still some issues happening out there, right? For example, there was a recent IT outage which led to the cancellation of some flights. There are staffing issues that you still face. And then, of course, I mean, there's this whole Ukraine war that looms very, very large on the global aviation industry. What would you count as the top challenges right now as we sort of shrug off the woes of the pandemic very, very slowly. Yeah, surely infrastructure in its various dimensions is the key challenge for this industry, be it air traffic control, airspace issues, including the reduction of available airspace in Europe due to the terrible war, be it shortages on the ground at airports 
sometimes staff related, sometimes technically infrastructure related. Think about modern security checks, which we don't have enough around the world, surely not enough in India and in Germany. And there's also a shortage of staff, which considering the high qualification we need in an airline industry like us, you need to train people well, which takes time. So I think these are challenges, but part of the fascination of aviation as an industry has always been the challenges we have to cope with. In the very beginning, technical challenges. Now it's sometimes more organizational challenges or the reference to infrastructure challenges. So people like us who love this industry and work in this industry, in a way also love these challenges. So no complaints. Talking about your aircraft order, I mean, I think your current order stands at 210 aircraft, of which you placed a recent order for 22 wide bodies. If you could give us an idea of the deliveries and how they pan out. Also, how will Lufthansa employ staff to be commensurate with its expansion plans? Yeah, we're indeed looking at record orders outstanding, which results in a new aircraft being delivered every 10 days. And out of those more than 210 aircraft currently on order, more than half are white bodies cargo and passenger aircraft, which is a number we've never seen on our order book before. And to make sure that these aircraft, unfortunately somewhat arriving, usually delayed from the manufacturers are crewed, we're hiring 1,000 people in Lufthansa every month, which is also an unheard of number. And with a quite tight labor market in our home country, Germany, we're very proud that we're able to attract this talent in four-digit numbers per month which shows that the excitement about aviation and the attractiveness of aviation and in all modesty, the attractiveness of our brand as an employer brand have not been touched by this pandemic. So please correct me if I'm wrong. I think you had 140,000 employees pre-COVID and then you had to let go of a lot of them and the employee count came down to 100,000. And now, of course, you're hiring again and you want to end the year with 115,000. Are these the correct numbers? Well, to be exact, we came from 135,000 down to 105. At the low point, we're looking to go back to 115,000 by the end of this year. And of course, also people are leaving, which have to be replaced. So it's a huge recruiting machine we are running. And again, it's very comforting and motivating to see how many people across all ages of diverse backgrounds our company and therefore our industry is able to attract. So when do you aim to go back to your pre-COVID levels in terms of capacity as well as staff count? Well, I think we'll be able to go back to production levels of pre-pandemic in early 25. And of course, trying to become a more efficient company through the pandemic, we should be able to do that with less staff than we were before by reducing our overheads, which of course, a crisis always offers an opportunity to increase the competitiveness of an air company to increase the efficiency of a company. So wireless, when it comes to operational staff, will probably be at similar levels. When it comes to admin and overhead staff, we think we come out as a leaner airline in 25 than we entered the crisis in 2020. What do you think has been the biggest impact of the Russia-Ukraine war? I mean, in terms of disruptions to network, high energy costs, etc. Also, I mean, was there some level of insulation that Lufthansa enjoyed? Uh, not at all. Maybe we ended up coping with it in a professional way, which I'm happy to take as a compliment. But when it comes to the impact, we not only lost two markets, Ukraine and Russia, 
we add up to two to three hours flight time to some of our destinations in northern Asia. And of course, we have to deal with record energy prices, especially in our home in Central Europe, which as an energy intensive industry, of course, you have to cope with. So beyond the human tragedy, any war brings along, surely it has impacted our business, that of our competitors. And again, as with every challenge in the corporate leadership, your job is to find better answers than the competitors. Right. And would you say that you're still grappling with those challenges? Oh, absolutely. The oil price is still quite high. Flight times are still extended. So there's huge challenges. But again, in the industry has been trained to deal with challenges. So that's how we have become better, safer, more efficient. So this is now the one we have to deal with. Right, right. Okay, going by your latest earnings call, you plan to ramp up in China from the second half of this year. So how does that go forward? I think, I mean, of course, China, Japan, and I'm talking about the entire Asian market. Have you reached your pre-COVID capacity in these markets? If not, when do you plan to uh, reach that? I think it's important to say that Lufthansa is not only the number one airline group in Europe overall. We're also number one in all three key Asian markets. We're number one out of Europe into India, which is why I'm here today. We're number one out of Europe into Japan. We're number one out of Europe into China. With these markets now opening a little bit later than others, this will be a good year for us in that regard because we are overproportionately benefiting from the opening of these markets. We'll see when we get back to pre-COVID levels. It's fair to say that India recovers fastest. That's why my first visit to Asia was India-bound. But I'm sure that also China and surely also Japan will eventually go back to pre-COVID levels like every other aviation market in the world. So uh, do you visit India often? Absolutely. Um, many times on corporate trips to Mumbai and Delhi as a pilot to operate the 340 to Bangalore, oh. which was one of our favorite destinations as 340 pilots. And I'm happy to bring the family this year to India for a private trip in December. Right, right. And would you visit Mumbai? Yes, absolutely. It's on the list. But also the more remote places of India. I was told there's a lot more, and I'm looking forward to do that on a leisure trip next time. So, indeed, have become a great fan of your country. Which is why my next question to you, I think you're going back to your pre-COVID capacity in India by the middle of this year. How, if you can give us a little more color on that, and also we are all eager for the Airbus A380 to make a comeback into the Indian skies. I mean, the Lufthansa's A380, is that happening? On the 380, indeed, Delhi is on the list as an option for this winter. But also our other airplanes want offer a wonderful product. We're even looking at adding additional destinations in India. So there's definitely more news to come for India and Lufthansa. Okay. Would you want to expand a little bit on the additional destinations that Lufthansa plans for India? Well, it's too early to say, but we obviously see the dynamic of the Indian aviation market. So as soon as aircraft deliveries allow, we'll not only increase the frequencies to India, we'll also might connect some markets to additional hubs, multi-hub network of Lufthansa, and eventually adding new destinations is also on our list once the number of aircraft is sufficient in our fleet. Okay, okay. So, talking about Air India, Lufthansa and Air India have a connection, right, by way of Star Alliance. They also have a code share 
partnership. Lufthansa is, of course, the founding member of Star Alliance. And now, as Air India is reinventing itself and trying to expand, just like Lufthansa, it's ordering new aircraft, it's going for a whole rebranding exercise, etc. And uh, the CEO recently told me that, you know, Air India has never been really able to grab the benefits of being a Star Alliance member as much as it should have. And now it will. So in that respect, do we see deeper connects or commercial agreements happening between Lufthansa and Air India? I think it's fair to say that global aviation is ready for renewed Air India. Star Alliance is waiting for renewed Air India. And its longtime partner Lufthansa is looking forward to a new and stronger India. And that includes additional partnership opportunities. And any partnership in aviation is only signed when there is a win-win. So looking at additional ideas between India and us, speaking or doing happening while we speak, will result in additional ideas when both parties see again. And I'm personally convinced there's many opportunities of that nature. And we are very constructive talks with India to look at the details. And there's no rush on this. This is a long-term partnership as we have been partners for long. And I'm sure we'll come up with additional gain or win-wins between us. Okay. Also, if I were to ask you, I mean, Air India is somewhat in the same place that Lufthansa was two years back, right? I mean, in terms of the fact that it has to almost start from scratch, although it's a, it's a very old carrier. If that is true, then Air India will see a very rapid turnaround the next two years following our turnaround. So I keep fingers crossed that that's true what you're saying. So what would be like a three-point advice that you would give Air India at this point? Well, on my last trip to India, I met with both shareholders, Singapore Airlines and the Tata Group. I also met with the CEO of Air India, Campbell. So I think absolutely convinced that Air India is in good hands on the shareholding side and on the management side. They don't need advice from Lufthansa. They need a partner, which Lufthansa is ready to be. And again, we think that Air India is a key player in our industry. We're all looking to shine again. Okay. Also on Lufthansa Technique, which is your MRO arm. So uh, the Indian MRO industry has historically been really highly taxed, but that's changing now. The government has really pushed for the proliferation of the MRO activity in India. And, uh, you know, it's it's now given some tax incentives, etc. And it, that's encouraged uh, some of the engine makers to enhance their presence and operations in India. So, uh, you know, are you encouraged uh, and enthused uh, by these developments? Do we see Lufthansa technique playing a bigger role in India going forward? Well, I'm both. I'm encouraged and enthused because Lufthansa technique became number one globally because we have been on the forefront of new markets developing. And besides India is in our scope. The team is ready for additional opportunities here. And uh, I would be very surprised if we don't see additional activities also of Lufthansa Technik in India over the next years. Also, uh, I'd like your comment on the overall Indian aviation industry. I mean, we are a very prolific industry. Uh, there's huge demand. It's actually one of the fastest growing industries in the world. But there are many problems that still plague the industry, right? One of them is high taxes. There's limited infrastructure. And also many people say that the current government has been a little too protectionist in terms of not letting foreign airlines bring more capacity into India uh, because bilaterals have been uh, not enhanced for quite some time now. 
So what do you think are the pain points of this industry as, you know, the head of a carrier who has operated so long into India? Overall, the Lufthansa Group feels well-treated in India. But if I may pass on a request from my team, it's for sure the idea of having additional co-chairs to additional fascinating markets in India, because we want to do more than just serving the hubs we serve. Therefore, co-chair is the right tool. And to see more of these co-chair traffic rides, I think, would be a win, not just for Lufthansa, but also would be a win for these markets to connect them better to the world via our hubs. And I think the Indian government should focus on those international carriers who have their own market to bring along and not just those who only live off the Indian market. Lufthansa and its subsidiary Swiss currently operate 39 weekly flights to India. That is about a fourth of just one of its Gulf rivals, Emirates, that operates 167. Lufthansa, like all global companies, is looking to Asia for a massive boost to its business. A business that has been battered and then shored up flight by flight by Carsten Spohr and his team in the last two years. And as China still remains largely restrictive in allowing flights, India assumes massive importance for the German carrier. Most global airlines have limited flying rights to India and Lufthansa has already exhausted all its rights. So like Spohr said, it will look to form other commercial partnerships with Indian carriers. Like code shares, where a Lufthansa passenger can use a Lufthansa flight code to travel on another airline. It already has such a partnership with Air India. As Star Alliance members, both will look to forge more such pacts. Lufthansa will also try to expand its cargo operations in India to take a larger share of its rapidly reviving urban consumer demand and its dynamic supply chain network. But all of this requires government approvals, which aren't so easy to get in India. More approvals mean more competition to Indian carriers in the Indian international skies, and the government would rather push its own airlines to ferry more international passengers and cargo than their foreign rivals. So as Lufthansa tries to rewrite its success story and enhance its share of the skies in this region, and Air India and its peers look to rule the global airspace, it's a bonanza for the Indian flyer and interesting times for aviation trackers. That's all for today. Hope you like listening to this conversation. It was produced by Sumit Pandey, sound designed by Rajas Nayak. Executive producers, Arijit Barman, Anupriya Nair and myself. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Listen to it on your favorite audio platforms. Coming up this week, my colleague Anupriya analyzes the massive SVB crisis on Thursday. On Friday, Shobari Das takes a deep dive into the business of dating apps and the spread of dating fatigue among Indians. Keep listening. This is your host Anirban Chaudhary wishing you a good week ahead. Thank you. All clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits are mentioned in the description. 